Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride and let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diversive space. Let's do this. I'm here to talk to you today about a question that was asked in my community, True Spirituality with Ange on Facebook. And the question was, am I spiritual? In order to answer this question, I dug a little bit into the definition of spiritual as well as the definition of religious. So let's look at these two aspects before we dive into the content. The Oxford Dictionary defines spiritual as the quality of being concerned with the human spirit and or the soul as opposed to material or physical things. It's a good starting point, but it seems to at least to me, to exclude people who are living in the modern world. Um, it creates this divide between people who have renounced the material or the physical and people who are, uh, you know, have jobs, um, houses, cars, uh, families, friends, etc. because this is quite a material world we live in. And I want to... I suppose to express my concern about this definition because it leaves so many people out. Uh, then let's move on to the religious uh, definition. And the definition of religious is someone who has a strong belief in God or gods. That you can see is um, different from spiritual as well. Um, in the sense that that they're bringing in the whole notion of God into it. And I think this is important for people who are listening to this brand new podcast to understand that you can be spiritual without being religious. You can be spiritual without believing in a God or being part of a, a, a religion. Okay. Now, I found on the Internet a meme uh, that I'm going to share in uh, in my community um, that lists 12 signs that you might be spiritual. And the reason why I'm sharing these things is because I think they are myths that are perpetuated in the spiritual community that I want to debunk. Uh, I'm not your um, traditional spiritual teacher. I will not um, claim that the, the mind or the spirit or the soul is superior to the body. I actually believe that the body is the temple for the soul and is a sacred vehicle uh, for the expression of your soul on earth, which ties in a little bit to what the Tantra spirituality movement is teaching. Although, interestingly enough, most of people, um, most of what people know about Tantra, um, I suppose, in, in the general um understanding is that it's purely uh, sexual practices to bring pleasure and this is reducing tantra to something that is almost a, a caricature of what it's supposed to be tantra starts with the understanding and i'm not a tantra teacher i'm not trained in tantra but when i came across um the book tantra by um i think it's osho 
um, I think immediately, either in the introduction or in chapter one, he talks about the body being a temple for the soul. I was hooked in the sense that it completely aligns with the way I see my body and other people's bodies and our connection between the soul and the body. And this leads me actually to very quickly say to you, in answer to the question, am I spiritual? The answer is always going to be a yes, because we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's actually much harder to be human than to be a soul. Uh, and we might expand on this over the um, the episodes that will follow. Um, it's a misconception that some people are on their spiritual paths and others are not. We are all spiritual beings, okay? So let's go through the 12 signs that the meme claims um, show that you uh, might be spiritual. The first is feeling peaceful with meditation or mindfulness. I don't actually think that we need to meditate or to have a mindfulness practice in order to be spiritual. It is certainly a tool that is great and that I commend, uh, although everybody has a different way to meditate or to be mindful and we have to acknowledge what works for us. Uh, and again, this is something we're probably going to unwrap in further episodes of this, uh, of this podcast. Second is avoid negative people or behavior. Now I'm going to put a stop right here, right now. The word avoid for me um, is wrong. We are not here to avoid negative people and behavior. Uh, it's not actually healthy to avoid your negative feeling because if you do, all you do is bypassing them. And there's a big movement in um, in the spiritual New Age uh, world, I suppose. Uh, there's a lot of people who do what uh, is called spiritual bypassing, which is if you're going through maybe a grieving process, you've lost something important in your life and you need to process that loss some people will just um you know suppose your 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 spouse or your significant other had died someone who is supposedly spiritual might come to you and say oh he's in a better place this is absolutely toxic um and and no there is no point in um trying to avoid the difficult and uncomfortable feelings that grief brings because it's part of the process of being human you cannot be spiritual if you try to bypass the human right so that was for number two number three feeling compassionate and positive so i've put the caveat on the positive because there is an aspect of um, toxic positivity feeling compassionate Yes, it's important. I think for me, um, but I will come to what I consider the five, uh, the five core elements of of being spiritual. Uh, but compassion is also for the self. So I think for me, having been raised a Catholic, I have been asked too many times to put others' needs before mine, and although it is um, not to be commanded to be completely selfish and never care about anybody else's feelings or uh, situation. I think there needs to be a healthy balance and compassion also starts with us. Number four, asking questions about life and death. Um, I'm not, um, I'm not buying that one. Of course it's, um, it's something that some people are interested in. I know I've been interested in knowing if there was life after death, if there's life in between death, uh, death and whatever, our incarnations. Always fascinated by reincarnation. That doesn't make me spiritual. And you'll see 
for me the five criteria or four plus a bonus one that I'm going to describe to you uh, a little bit later. Finding meaning and purpose of life in life is number five. I don't think that's necessary to be spiritual. Maybe you aspire to have more meaning and purpose in life, but it's almost like it could be a distraction from what you're really supposed to do, which is be being in the here and the now, understanding yourself. Number six, being hopeful when things are challenging. So it's kind of leaning into the positive, uh, you know, optimist kind of um, character. And although I can see why they're saying this, I can't see why someone who has a tendency to be pessimist can't be spiritual, because what for me is spiritual is about the intent of being kind. So of course you can be a pessimist and you can be kind at the same time. As you might have guessed, I'm passionate about promoting true spirituality in all areas of life, which is why I created the True Spirituality Summit in July 2023. Seven amazing speakers joined me to talk about true spirituality within relationships, creativity, health, money, self-love, parenting, and trauma and healing. The summit is free, so why don't you check it out on the Thinkific platform? I am the spiritual lawyer there, and the URL is https column two forward slash spiritual lawyer in one word dot thinkific.com. Seven, believing that life is sacred. Uh... I'd love to have your input on that, actually. And I do believe for me that life is sacred. But again, um, that can lead to some manipulations uh, around, for example, abortion and trying to make people feel bad when, um, especially women, because they're the ones who have abortion, if they have to resort to this um, to this practice for reasons that pertain completely to them and that we are not here to judge. I don't want to go down that road. But of course, being respectful of the fact that the food that's on your plate, if you are a meat eater, has come from an animal, that's important. Uh, I don't think only vegetarian or vegan people are spiritual. And there's actually a whole movement in the new age where um, some vegetarians and some vegans look down on people who eat meat. Um, that kind of me for me poses the question of what about uh, animals who need to eat meat to survive, like even your pets, dogs and cats? Um, are you going to put a judgment on your cats um, and that they can't be spiritual because they eat meat? I think that's taking it a bit too far. Um, so <laughs> I think the jury's out for me on number seven. Number eight, having a great level of empathy and intuition. Absolutely not. I don't think you should consider this as a sign of being spiritual. I have met a lot of people who were empaths and who were actually um, not spiritual according to my own definition. We'll get to this in a minute. So um, this can be a way for people who are more empathic and more intuitive to feel superior to others. And I think if you've used spirituality to make yourself feel superior to others, you're completely missing the point. I don't think there's, um, and I, I wanna share something that came to me quite early on my, my 
I suppose when I embraced my spiritual path. So we're all on the spiritual path, but some of us can be more proactive on it. So when I started being more proactive on my spiritual path, I wondered what to think of people who were obsessed with their self-image, who were into getting to the gyms, who were into doing their makeup for hours and their hair so that they would look great, who were into fashion, et cetera, et cetera. And actually this corresponds to the, the profile of my grandmother. She was one of these people. Uh, and I had been taught through my religious education to actually consider these people's uh, non-spiritual. What I was actually shown very early on is that there is nothing wrong with being uh, happy to have a body, to feel good about your body, to want to feel good about your body. There's nothing wrong with that. And it is possible that this would be a sign of a relatively young soul, if you think about it. And there's nothing, you know, just like there's no reason to be ageist in the human world. There's no reason to be ageist in the spiritual world. Just because you may be like a soul that incarnates on earth for the first time. And so you have this body and this body feels amazing. And you're completely focused on that because it's a completely new experience. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing to say that this is um, unspiritual or immature or anything like that. Um, it's our judgment that is actually um, the problem here. Um, and I want to put this out there because once I started looking at people who were um, more, I suppose, who were more experiencing the physical rather than um, the mental or the spiritual, um, I saw them as maybe earlier on their journey. And um, I've never judged a baby for being in love with their body and playing with their toes and marveling at themselves in the mirror. I think this is a wonderful stage of our life. And sometimes I wish I had retained some of that self-love throughout my life. Um, so we have a lot to learn from, from younger souls as well. Okay, There's not a hierarchy, uh, not even between humans and animals where you start incarnating as an ant and then you move on to being a mouse and then a cat and then um, a dog, a horse, and then a human. That, that doesn't make sense to me. There is no hierarchy. There's those different levels of experience, different vessels that are used by souls to experience different things. Right, so the number eight, I'm not buying. Number nine, feeling at peace with being alone. I would word it slightly differently. It's being at peace with yourself. Now, it can be really, really hard for most of us to be at peace with ourselves, but it doesn't mean that we can't take the first step of not trying to distract ourselves from ourselves constantly. And I used to do that a lot. I was so busy, always in the doing, in the doing, because I was escaping myself. So there is some truth in the fact that uh, when you start switching from an outbound perspective into an inbound perspective, when you start to consider that your inner world is as important, if not more than the outer world, then I think it's a sign that you're starting to reflect and understand really how the universe works so again it's the way it's worded doesn't fit me but it's true that it's quite important and it was actually a turning point on my own journey I went to San Francisco to visit a wonderful friend of mine in the 90s and I met a Native American um, shaman who told me that I had been uh, 
I had incarnated on many different uh, opportunities in all the different cultures. Like literally, I lived in most of the different cultures in Africa, in Europe, in Asia, in America. And, and she said, and now you've come to a point where the point for you is no longer to travel outbound, but to travel within. And I thought that was um, uh, quite a powerful story and metaphor at that point in my life. So it's more about the emphasis that you put. If you put it on the outside, uh, in the people pleasing, in the signs of external success, and if that makes um, you feel, um, or if you depend on that to feel good about yourself, or if you actually rely in your um, on your inner world to create that value and that that connection. Number ten. Feeling connected with your soul. This is utter bullshit. And I need to say this right from the start. We are always connected with our souls, okay? We might not be aware that we are, but we are always soul. There is a part of your soul that is in your body. This is how you were born. Um, your body entered your soul, anchored itself in your soul. Some people talk about a silver cord that attaches the soul to the body. So there's no way that you cannot be connected to your soul. Because is your soul that actually is giving to you the life force to be alive. So for as long as you're alive, you are connected to your soul. Everybody who tells you different is um, not telling you the truth. Number 11, having a strong self of, sense of self-worth. I, I don't buy into that. I think you can be spiritual without having a, a good sense of, uh, of self. Um, but it is true that the more you can rely on your inner compass to, for your worth... Um, the easier it is going to be for you to avoid the traps of the ego. Now, have we? I know we haven't talked about the ego at all at this point. Um, I will talk about it in a minute, so just be patient. Number 12, which is the last last element of this meme. As I said, I'm going to share the meme in the, in the group. Um, so we can start a conversation. I'd love to start a conversation around that. Is being in the present moment. Now, I want to pull in here one of the four Reiki principles, uh, I am a Reiki master. I, I really love the philosophy that's behind Reiki. And one of the key principles of Reiki is just for today, do not worry. Just for today, do not anger. And it's important that we understand that it's a practice and that's a, it's actually quite a difficult practice because we have such complex minds, which is a wonderful thing. We are able to project ourselves in the future and we are able to reminisce on the past, which is, I think, and maybe um, time will tell and prove me wrong, but I think, I don't think animals can do that as much as we can. So this is a, a wonderful um, opportunity that we have to be able to reflect or to plan or create goals or have some aspirations for the future but that can be a trap and we can constantly be living either in the past or in the future so yeah it is a practice to try and stay in the present moment and we'll talk about that in further episodes but it's not a sign of being spiritual it's a practice that helps us to be appreciating where we are so it's a mindfulness practice mindfulness practices in such don't make anybody spiritual right so i finished with the meme now i want to get on with what i consider the five elements of spirituality first for me you have to have kindness as your highest value the second 
is you have to have as an intent to refrain from harming or hurting other people. The third is you have to take responsibility for your feelings. Um, the fourth is accepting that we have an ego, understanding it and taking responsibility for it. So it kind of ties into number two as well. And number five or bonus one is aspiring at being a better person. So there's this um, desire to learn. There's this desire to keep an open mind. There's this desire to learn from other people or to learn from life and to take things on board and to reflect and, and to uh, decide, you know, is this for me? Is this not for me? Maybe it's not for me for now, but I will reconsider it at some later date. All this is very important. The reflection part of spirituality is essential. And it's not something personally that I remember being taught in um, Catholic church. So I think this is the first episode and I want to keep, I want to keep it quite short. Um, so I'm not going to say any more on the topic. I would love it if you could uh, write a review for this podcast, if you could share it with someone that you think might be interested in listening to this podcast. This is a brand new podcast that is um, trying to bring into your life what I call true spirituality. And um, maybe our next episode is going to be an episode about what is the truth. Because um, this in itself it is such an interesting question. So that's it for now. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. There'll be some uh, links in the description box for this episode in whatever um, app you're listening to this podcast. Please, please, please rate, review, and share as much as you can so that this podcast can reach more people. And um, Give some spiritual freedom to people who might be locked into some unhelpful beliefs, myths, or um, concepts that have been handed down to them that actually are not serving them. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. One more thing before I go. To celebrate the launch of this show, I'm giving away hundreds of pounds worth of gift cards. If you win, you get to choose whether you redeem these gift cards against my Trust Your Intuition Evergreen training or one um, of my business Akashic Records sessions or packages. So if you'd like to win one of these amazing prizes, there are two ways that you can enter. The first way is that you could give me um, a review on iTunes. I, I hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast. And if, of course, you feel that this podcast is five stars quality, then you can rate the podcast with five stars. That would be amazing. But most importantly, I want your honest feedback so that I can incorporate it into future episodes and make it even better. All the reviews are entered into the prize draw, no matter how many stars you give me. Now, unfortunately, iTunes doesn't share the details of who has left a review. So I need you to save a quick screenshot of your review and email it to me at truespiritualitysummit at gmail.com. And if you're unsure of how to leave a review, go to theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast launch for all the details. The other way you can enter is by sharing one of my social media posts about the podcast on Facebook or LinkedIn. Again, to be entered into the prize draw, take a quick screenshot and email it to me at truespirituality.summit at gmail.com. Do both and you will be entered into the draw twice. 
And if you didn't quite catch all these details, head over to theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash podcast launch for step-by-step instructions on how to leave a review and how to enter the prize draw.